how can I start my own business? What does it take to be an entrepreneur? How do I get funding? Where do I begin? These are the kinds of questions you may be asking yourself if you're really interested in starting your own business, perhaps a startup in technology, maybe something in the retail space, whatever it is, your questions will be answered today by someone I'm interviewing with a great, great amount of experience. Mark McCallum is here to talk about his experience starting a company at just the age of 41 and building it up into a multi-million dollar enterprise. Join us today so we can hear more about it. You are listening to the Career Path Angel Show, where we talk all about career, business, positive mindset, self-development, and many other fun and exciting topics with one goal in mind, to help new working professionals to fast track their careers in the corporate world. So what are we waiting for? Let's dive right in. Here is your host, Angel Mary. Welcome to the Career Path Angel Show. This is Angel Mary. Thank you so much for joining. Today we have Mark McCallum, the CEO of Advantage Delivery and Logistics, a multi-state shipping and distribution company in the southeastern part of the United States. His successful company operated between Florida, North and South Carolina, all the way to Texas, Tennessee, and Utah. Mark's story about the American dream begins at the University of Alabama as he was studying to acquire his business degree. He took a part-time job at Sears Auto Center to fund college and pay for his living expenses. Next, he moved into an entry-level position as a warehouse shipping and receiving clerk at an Oldsmobile dealership. But just within six weeks, he was already promoted to a part sales position. He was doing so well that he networked his way all the way to Houston, Texas, where he was promoted up to a wholesale parts role at a Chevrolet dealership. Not long after he worked at the Chevrolet dealership, he moved to a Cadillac dealership in Houston, Texas as the supervisor for wholesale parts. He worked really long and really hard, and he worked his way right up to parts manager, overseeing not only Cadillac, but also Chevy, Dodge, Oldsmobile, Pontiac, and GMC dealerships across Texas. Mark's perseverance and drive finally got him to be the big boss in the company in the most senior corporate position where he oversaw everything and anything related to parts and sales across various dealerships. In fact, at the pinnacle of his career, Mark was number eight in the United States among senior automobile parts and sales management. He had gone as high as he possibly could in the corporate ladder when he reached his own personal aha moment on developing a business plan to become an entrepreneur and eventually the CEO of the largest multi-state logistic and shipping company in the United States of America. His incredible story of the American dream and what it took to get there is why I'm so excited to have Mark join us today. Mark, welcome to the show. Hi, great to be with you. I'm so happy you joined. And actually, everything about your career path leading up to the highest point in corporate America is what everyone really dreams of when they're thinking of the perfect way when you're going up the rungs of the corporate ladder. But what I find really interesting about your story is 
although you went right up the rungs and you went all the way to the very top, that wasn't enough for you. You saw something more for yourself. And I I really want to hear more about what that was for you to take that risk, to walk away from what everyone would see as one of the most successful positions you could possibly have in your field. That's very true. I did I did believe that I had gone as far as I could within the, the framework and the and the the understanding of the job that I had. It, it also was a, a, a time consuming job. It, it it literally was the type of position where you would work six or seven hours on a Saturday to make your Monday a better day. So right. that that in and of itself created motivation to uh, to look for a scenario where maybe I could replicate the uh, the income that I was receiving and yet uh, basically be in charge of my own destiny rather than beholden to this this corporate entity, which at the time was was controlled out of Georgia and uh, really was a, a large conglomerate of, of dealerships that uh, that was uh, it was a big deal and it was it was what we would perceive as to be a high pressure job. So right, right. So we're, when you were th- when we're you were thinking about this, Mark, just curious when you were thinking about this point when you knew you were pouring in your heart and your soul hours and hours and hours of your life going to this job and you're thinking maybe I should be doing this for myself. What was that moment when you figured out how, I mean, I think the hardest part for most people is like, what do I do? So how did you get to that point? Well, we had encountered uh, a, a product or a, or a level of a service that we would refer to as, as outsourcing. And that outsourcing included distribution and and delivery in many respects of what we were doing. And it was targeted towards automotive dealerships. Okay. And and I was exposed to that in Texas. Um, Didn't quite really know how to assimilate uh, doing that uh, in in and of itself on my own. But... Um, I, I gained further understanding and we, I, I began to determine that, well, I couldn't, I couldn't continue that in Houston, but I wanted to look for an environment that was similar to Houston. So in respect, you look for what we would call a target market and, uh, South Florida, if, if we combined Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and West Palm Beach together, that is the same size marketplace as what's represented by a city as large as Houston. I see. That that became my, uh, in addition, it, I remained in the South. I wasn't a big fan of winter, so it, it worked uh who would, and who wouldn't want to be in sunny Miami, right? <laughs> right, right. So it, it's a great, it, it turned out to be a great fit within within the, the confines of, of what I wanted to do. And the that type of service and those level of services did not exist in South Florida. 
Okay. So you found a, you actually found a niche, right? In that you had an expertise in because you worked your way up and you knew the ins and outs of this type of work and you found an area that had a desperate need for it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it did. And that's, that's, you can study a lot of business operations and discovering a niche market is, is a key to anyone with regard to what they want to pursue. Um, right. So as a result of that, I, um, I actually enrolled in Houston Community College on a, with a course on how to write a business plan. That's great. And uh, so that was, shall we say, $80 well spent. So I went to night school and, <laughs> and uh, specifically on how to write a business plan to uh, present to institutions. And uh, I did have to present it three times. I, uh, the first bank dismissed me with, without hesitation. The second bank dismissed me within a few days of evaluation. On my third rewrite, I basically had virtually a book. It was over, well over 125 pages. Wow. Of material, spreadsheets, analysis, and the plan. And I, at that point, I was rather confident. I presented it to Nations Bank, which at that time was Bank of America, as we know it today. Um, and I told them that I thought it was ready for underwriting. And uh, So you, you came in with confidence. No, so I had confidence at that point. And they called me back in three days and said, you are correct. It is ready for underwriting. And they, and they loaned me the money. That's amazing. And I resigned my position and I moved to uh, South Florida. It's awesome that you didn't give up. I think sometimes when people start out in entrepreneurship and they're looking for their funds early on and they keep getting no over and over again, sometimes you feel like you might second guess yourself, but you you believe in yourself. You do have to have confidence in, in what your goals are and and believe in yourself and what your objective is. And you can't, the the thing I would express to someone is do not look at this as as a new adventure. Look at this as your job. You know, take this on as this is what I have to do today in order to succeed, to to make money, to to go forward. And uh, just as you would report to work every day, you you dedicate yourself to to working on this on your project every day right because you don't have accountability to anyone but yourself at that point at that point that's correct so uh there's there's no boss leaning on your desk telling you hey what are you going to do now that kind of thing so uh the uh uh you have to decide that you're going to do this now i will suggest that in my case my confidence stemmed from the fact that I already knew how to be a, a, a parts department manager at a high level in this country and in, in my field. And that had this not worked, I could very easily fall right back into that role again at a, at a, at a good income level and, and keep and keep going in the path that I was in the past that just, I would be in Florida instead of Texas. But. Right. But you also, because of the roles that you had, 
it made it probably a little bit easier because you did have a lot of people in your network that could probably reach out to when you were starting out on your own because you've already built up your own professional reputation at that point. That's correct at, at that point because I did this later in life, so to speak. Uh, I didn't do this in my 20s or 30s. I did it right at age 40. And uh, so it, it, it worked in a sense that when I did a presentation to dealerships, there was an, an advantage that people already understood that I knew dealership operations. I already knew, I know what their headaches are. I know what their success levels are. I know what they need to do to succeed and what makes their world a better place. Right. When you, when you approach people from that standpoint, uh, then, then your product has a good message. Because you're actually filling a need that they are looking for. Exactly. So um, you also need to understand what percentage of the marketplace. Look, look at your market. Understand what your target market is, who your target customer is. And understand how much of it potentially you can conquer. Right. And uh, in my particular case, my vision was that I could conquer 40 to 41% of the marketplace available in South Florida. That's great. And that's, that was my target arena. And I could, I could go call on potential clients and they would summarily toss me out the door or I could, uh, or I could have a sit down and an appointment and, and people were truly interested. So you had to do the cold calling, the sales, and you probably pulled a lot of those skills right from your part sales roles. Yes, I, I had to, I had to uh, work every aspect of the initial operation. And I was the manager, I was sales, I was payroll, <laughs> I was every, everything you could imagine, invoicing. The whole, the whole scenario in the beginning was 100% uh, essentially on me at that point in time. So it, uh, it, there was no shortage of work to be done. And, uh, but the concept, and I, I would say this to any entrepreneur, it helps if you can target a potential client that other potential clients have a high regard for. So right. if, if your customer base is people that other people respect, then they respect their decisions to employ your services or your work or your efforts. Right. Because it's your, what you're saying is it's important for your client base or the individuals you're working for to be a way to propel your business forward. So you had to choose to target certain types of clients to get yourself to be considered more legitimate. Exactly. If, if your, if your client base is regarded in the community as, as people that are, that are, that are respected, that they, they understand business and they understand what they're trying to get done and they decide to use you and your services then that propels you to the next level. You get you get a 
you get a boost of the word of mouth. Right. That actually says, wow, I'm using this guy and this, this company, this advantage logistics. And, uh, and they, they think of, you know, in my case, I had a customer in Miami that was, uh, that was with Toyota that was using us. And, uh, Therefore, the Toyota dealer in Delray Beach, north in Palm Beach County, thought, wow, you know, they're pretty smart. Maybe I should use them as well. Right. And that and that that actually set us up for the next sequence of, of growth. And That's amazing. Do you think that um, early on, because you were coming in from another state, do you feel like you know, because there may be entrepreneurs who want to start in a new, completely new area, new territory. And maybe it's something that's so new that they're not even a familiar. And you were not originally a Floridian. You're originally from Alabama and then a transplant to Texas and then eventually settled in the South Florida region to start your business. How was it for you to start a business in a completely new area? You know, that's a that's an excellent point. And here's one thing demographically, as you might be able to attest to yourself, in, in South Florida, particularly, very few people are from here. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. <laughs> I only know a handful of individuals after being here 22 years that were actually born and raised in Miami or South Florida. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's rare indeed when you, when you come across those individuals and it's, it's fascinating to hear their perspective because it is, is it, it, they do have a different approach as to how things evolved over time in this region. So you could say just like so many people consider New York, the type of place where they pick up their bags and they go there to start anew, you found Miami region, the South Florida region to be one of those kinds of areas that you could take hold of that actually in comparative comparison to other areas was really untouched and a new frontier. Exactly. There's if if you're if you have a product or a service that you wish to market and it doesn't necessarily exist in the region that you're that you wish to approach and uh, in my particular case, I I did not want I I had uh, I did not want any more winter than than Houston has. <laughs> so so I actually ended up with less winter than Houston. There's so there's uh, absolutely no winter at all in South Florida. And, uh, um, so you're on vacation every day in Florida, enjoying your life and working for yourself, which is truthfully one of the best parts about why people choose to become an entrepreneur is no longer toiling and slaving all of your waking hours for another company, but for yourself. So now you've done this, you've moved there, you've started picking up clients. At what point did you find yourself uh, coming across any challenges and how you how did you get over them? Well, the interesting thing of that is, is once we, we evolved the, the service and, and our target customers were people like myself addressing uh, the local car dealership network, 
Well, that begat an interest in, in beyond uh, when we remain in the automotive environment. We, we got beyond just that level of distribution. So now it comes into the big distributors and the manufacturers even. You know, right. It could be, instead of the Toyota dealership, it could be to Toyota itself that wants you to do something for them. Um, okay. And so that, that started to be the challenge. And that started, that evolved taking it to the next level, not just simple local logistics, but actual creating warehousing and distribution scenarios. Right. And, and what we evolved into what we call a, a hub and spoke network, similar. I'll give you an example. If you ship an envelope on FedEx or Federal Express, every night that envelope goes to Memphis, Tennessee, and it goes to the airport and it changes planes, and then it goes out to wherever you're sending it to. Right. Because they have a hub there. And the, the same thing if you're if you're using a company called Bax Global, they send everything to they have a big hub in Toledo, Ohio. And uh, of course these are air carriers, and that's that gets into another world when you're talking airplanes and things of that nature. But so at that point, understand when you're an entrepreneur, when your level of expertise runs out. Right. And you need to bring on people one way or another that can help take you to the next level. Okay. Um, You mean like starting, I've heard this phrase, people have said this, which is sometimes you have to hire people smarter than you. Yes. I remember when I was in the the parts manager business, they, they, they told you that you want for your assistant, you want the individual that wants your job. (laughs) <laughs> you want you want to hire you want to hire the individual that is seeking your position because they're going to devour all the knowledge you give them right and they're going to do the best they possibly can absolutely so you're going to you're going to get people that that want to be where you are and those are the people that you want to hire and incorporate with and maybe in my particular case you you give them a share of ownership of the company. You know, we, we created additional shareholders to, to uh, high value individuals. That's great uh, to keep them motivated and prevent them from leaving. Right. They have a, they have a piece of the action. They have a stake in the game. It's not just our company. It's, it's their company as well. And it's everybody's company at that point. Um, that allowed us to expand into other arenas um, and huge levels of distribution that took us into, into automotive products and tires and, and all kinds of things. Uh, even in the recession, we were, we were actually doing distribution for stores like Old Navy and Banana Republic and, and, uh, and Anthropologies. We were doing women's Wow. Clothes. Wow. I, sh- I shopped there, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> at, at that particular time. So uh, you do, once, once you have a significant amount of infrastructure in place, then you're, 
you're only limited by your imagination at that point as to what, what you can do within it. Right. You got your crew in place, your high value individuals that you could count on really to help you. Cause you know, one thing that happens to entrepreneurs is you feel like because you started doing every single role early on, it's very hard to let it go at times and go on vacations and enjoy your life. Because ultimately, the reason why you became an entrepreneur is so that you could have some flexibility with your life. So how did you get to a point where you were able to leave your business with these individuals, because I do believe that takes a certain level of trust in not only the people that you're leaving with, but trust in yourself that you've made the right choice in those people. Yeah, that is, that's a challenge indeed. You have to. And, and I won't say that, that in every city and every location that that is a hundred percent, you know, even happening today to where we can, we have full faith in, in everybody that's running those operations. Um, I can tell you that I have business partners in, uh, in Texas and in Tampa and, and therefore places like Tampa and Orlando, they run exceptionally well. Okay. And South Florida, all the way from where I'm at, all the way West to Fort Myers runs incredibly smooth because there is a presence of, of, a, of a leadership person there. Right. And leadership is so important. I think one of the reasons why I have this podcast is also to ensure that people who are starting out understand that leadership skills are not something that everyone has naturally. However, you can learn them from individuals who are above you in uh, mentorship type roles. And did you have any mentors as you started out this business venture? I did. I back in the in the eighties when I was working with Cadillac, the my particular boss at the time began to explain to me the the absolute business side of the operations, not just pure sales and 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 putting putting product on an invoice and moving it out the door. But how how we got in how we got beyond that. So the reality is is my training within within the, the world of, of the dealership world it allows you to wear many hats. And uh, in the end, I knew double entry bookkeeping, I knew cost accounting, I knew how to read a financial statement, I knew I understood. Uh, the computer management, I understood the computer systems. I knew Right. And that that all of that comes from you, right? Your drive. Because the other thing about entrepreneurship is discipline, drive, and wanting to learn, never giving up. And, and believe, I think anyone who thinks that they know everything has already lost. You can never, ever know everything, right? Absolutely. The, uh, you can't. You have to continue the process. And part of my motivation was... I realized by the mid eighties that I was not the best parts salesman, that there were people that would rather sit on hold to talk to their person of choice rather than have me address their concerns immediately. Right. Uh, even though I felt like I was perfectly capable, 
they, uh, I wasn't, I didn't have the reputation or the around the community to be considered one of the top players in the field. So I realized clearly that in order for me to succeed in this, I had to become the boss. And that that's how I took it to that level. And uh, so I understood, I began to focus clearly on the business side of, of, of the operations. That's amazing. Your story, first of all, your story really truly is the American dream. Um, I'm so happy that you were able to take a little bit of time today to share it. You really drove home a lot of important points, some of which I think um, resonates in any direction anyone wants to go, which is whether they want to rise to the top or going all the way up the corporate ladder, which you've done. And that also comes from continuous learning, um, constant, uh, constantly looking for more, right? Not allowing yourself to be in a position where you're stagnant. You found a particular track, you followed that. And not only did you follow it all the way to the top, you were able to take that knowledge and everything that you learned along the way and apply it to the company that you built and founded and you raised into a very successful venture. And um, I actually have so much respect for you. I mean, just the fact that you started this business at, you said it was 40 or 41 years old. I'm currently 41. So hearing that it's never too late because most people feel like, oh, I should have started years ago. It's too late for me. It's never too late, right? You started really young you sh- uh, in, in your career, but you you restarted your life in your 40s and you built a, basically a logistics empire, which is incredibly amazing and a and a real inspiration for anyone out there listening. And I, I, I just want to thank you, Mark, for taking the time today to share your story, um, your story of confidence, how you went back to school to learn how to write a proper business plan, how you didn't take no for an answer at all, even though some of those banks said, no, I don't want to fund you. You just kept going and, you know, you built your way up. You, you reached out to your mentor when you needed help and you just... You're, you're just a great guy. And thank you so much for joining today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you, Mary. And uh, <laughs> again. All right. Take care, Mark. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And stay tuned next week for another very interesting guest. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Career Path Angel Show with Angel Mary. Something you want to hear Angel talk about on the show? Contact Angel through Instagram or TikTok to let her know. Hit subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode and be sure to share it with your friends. Till next time, stay confident, stay positive, and never give up.